Welcome to the Calm Nights, Strong Days podcast. With over 30 years in the health and wellness industry, I've realized there's no one-size-fits-all solution for sleep and stress resilience. What affects one person's sleep and ability to handle stress is different for each of us. The stage of life you're in, work and home stressors, your DNA, genetics, upbringing, social life, and more all affect how your body handles stress and your quality of life. Join me as we explore a variety of tools, strategies, and solutions I've employed with clients over the years in solo episodes, as well as insightful interviews and experts. Together, we'll unravel more pieces of the puzzle, empowering you on your journey to calm nights and strong days. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode 36 of the Burnout Expert podcast. Today we have with us Rain. Rain is a proud mother of three children. However, her journey as a mom was intertwined with the overwhelming battle against burnout while she was facing challenges with one of her daughters um, when they began grappling with mental health issues. It's interesting that these episodes are coming together because we just had one a couple of episodes ago as well about um, the struggles of raising um, a child that was similar to mine of neurodivergence. And um, so we're bringing you another, uh, another version of the ways that parenting can be very, very tough on us. So Rain's daughter, um, her mental health crisis had a very profound impact on Rain, stripping away her personal joy and her inner peace while also straining her relationship with her daughter as well as her other children. It was an agonizing position for any parent to be in, and it was a place that reverberated through every single aspect of her life. Triggered by the circumstances, her own anxiety became an adversary, um, blurring the lines between that cause and effect. And she found herself succumbing to its suffocating grip for an extended period, allowing, allowing it to, to almost take over for a while. However, slowly, but surely, she did begin to reclaim her sense of self. And Rain embarked on a journey of self-care, embracing various measures to heal and restore her well-being. This profound personal experience served as a catalyst, which reshaped Rain's career tra trajectory to where she is now. So today, she stands as a hypnotherapist, Reiki master, physical therapist, armed with over two decades of experience and a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Her calling lies in supporting mothers who find themselves navigating the challenges of raising children with mental health struggles. Through her compassionate guidance and expertise, she empowers these mothers to shed their burden of guilt and frustration, granting them the tools and confidence to navigate the daily hurdles that they face, all while ensuring that their families receive the utmost care and support. So Rain, I am so thankful and grateful to have you here today. Thanks for having me. All Appreciate right. It. So let's dive in. Okay. Um, <laughs> no other way to get into this. So where do you want to start? This is your story. After um, reading, what, what calls out to you? Sure. So um, I think the biggest thing was, you know, not being prepared 
on how to handle it when it's your own child, right? Yes. You know, working with special needs children for most of my career, that was entirely different perspective than when it's in your own home, right? Mm -hmm. It's just entirely different. So not being prepared was a big thing, not knowing that, um, you know, I feel like I have three kids. My youngest is, she's eight and she has some anxiety and I feel so much better prepared to to handle her anxiety versus when my my now 17 year old started um she was probably about eight or she was younger in reality but when it got really bad she was about eight and just being completely you know thrown off and not having any idea it was a complete 180 shift in her personality um and just such a major change that seemed to at the time come out of nowhere but in retrospect it it wasn't you know it just seemed at the time that it was um so yeah I think that was probably the biggest thing and then having to completely alter everything in our lives to to deal with we're not going to school anymore um being in and out of hospitals in and out of treatment um all of those types of things so you know that's that's what started me on leaving obviously changing careers right like I stopped working to stay home with her and we homeschooled. I, it was for about five years, I would say all through middle school, the end of elementary school um, and then COVID. So that was actually for her where most kids are struggling with the whole, we're going virtual for her. It was like, oh, I can go to school. That was her freshman year. She's like, I can go to school from my bed. I can do this. And so that's kind of what helped her start getting back to, we're going to go to school. And then yeah. her sophomore year, she went back to school um, and is thriving now and ready to go to college and all those things. So, you know, we did, it was a long, it was a long five, six years where I didn't think there was ever going to be a light at the end of that tunnel, but, <laughs> but there is, and there can be. <laughs> and it's interesting that you said that when when the big pieces hit of her mental health struggle at the start of that you thought and and I'm paraphrasing what you said so please correct me if I am I am wrong you yeah. said that it felt like it changed almost overnight like it felt like all of a sudden all of these symptoms came but as you started learning you started seeing symptoms that were actually there beforehand coming you know slower into place before that big shift happened yeah is that correct yeah yeah that's correct um and she has ocd and i you know she probably had a little bit of the the pans panda version where it is due to an infection or whatever um but she had anxiety as a child doesn't it? she had anxiety as a two-year-old she just has always had anxiety and so looking back you know she she did she had controllable and manageable symptoms and then it just the um you know it's it's easy for me now to go back in retrospect and be like oh this is when everything happened and this is why whereas at the time you don't know right but it was definitely the hormonal prepubescent thing she has pmdd so like all of these things came into effect and at the time we had no idea what the hell was going on right but just like PMDD? do you mind explaining what pmdd for um Sure. It's, it's premenstrual dysphoric dysfunction or 
Mm-hmm. Let me look up exactly what it means. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, it is, it's not going to tell me. So it's essentially, instead of, I always say it's um, PMS on steroids. Yes. So it's during the time, what it is essentially is, so it's like you get the two weeks prior, right, to your cycle, and then you might be okay for a few days, and then it hits again, and you're just, it can cause psychosis, it can can cause so many different things. Um, And a lot of, she has multiple diagnoses, and a lot of them have all these overlapping symptoms right but the what we found after many years is that and doctors don't want to listen to you when you say I think it's PMDD like I'm noticing a a cyclic occurrence of how bad her symptoms are when the explosions are when she's doing good and when you know Dr. Google says that this is a thing (laughs) and a lot of doctors are like no that's not a thing right um but when I finally got her a gynecologist who would give her birth control yeah and steady birth control so we tried I I mean our med journey is ridiculous with the amount of medication we have tried and failed at Um, just years of trial and failure nothing worked so the steady stream of steady hormone 24 7 we never go off it life-changing life-changing it made such a huge difference um so in retrospect, symptoms started right when you get that pre-puberty, like that's when everything intensified. It was those years of hormones are coming in and until we got the hormones under control, none of the other medications touched anything. It was just, she had adverse effects to every medication we tried. Yes. And I, we see this, I see this with a lot of clients that I work with as well. And interestingly, like one that I was working with um, just this week where as well, when they were younger, like everything was off with their cycles and stuff. It didn't go into a, um, into, sorry, PMDD. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it didn't go into PMDD. Um, but the, uh, the doctors just instantly put them on birth control as well. I know for me that happened within a year of me having my cycle when I was younger. And the more that we start diving into this research as well and and into the way that the hormones are really working, stress can play such a huge part before that. So if we start looking and, and even me working with first responders with males, so I'm not even talking about females and their cycles. We're talking about males in just even the way that their estrogen and testosterone and well, all the stress hormones. So there's all this whole way that stress hormones flow. And at the very bottom of the stress hormone pathway is where we get the testosterone and the estrogen. So if there's even a problem happening further up in that pathway, then, and, and how I describe it sometimes as well is like a mountain. And at the top of the mountain, we have pregnenolone. And then it starts splitting and, and every hormone does a different job. DHEA is in the middle there and it splits and goes down. And if anywhere along that pathway of at this top of this mountain, this water is going down and it splits into different rivers, then what happens is, is that let's say that there's a rock slide and it blocks off one of those pathways of, of 
of on the river, that's going to affect everything down below. And the extra water is going to go down the other side. So you get a rush of hormones and responses down one side and you get a depletion on the other side. And when doctors as well, sometimes are checking the um, the tests, if they're not doing one to test the entire pathway and see where in that pathway are things off, then they're only looking at the bottom. So I don't know how many men that I've worked with where they are told, oh, you have low testosterone. Meanwhile, it was something further up the pathway that was lowering their testosterone. So when they're getting testosterone injections, and I'm using this because this is an easier example than females. Yeah. When yep. they're getting those testosterone, <laughs> when yep. they're getting those testosterone um uh, injections, it's imagine that mountain it's going down and it's continually pushing that rock slide still there. They didn't fix the rock slide. So it's still depleting what's going down. So when the testosterone, they usually feel good. They get actually too much for a bit and they get a little aggressive when they first get the, the TRT treatment, then they kind of stabilize and then they hit a low again and they need yeah. it again because they're not fixing that problem. And so this happens with, as you were saying, and that's why I was asking about, there were signs beforehand with your daughter, because we yeah. see this burnout as well. So when we start talking about your burnout, there's probably signs beforehand as well. Oh, yeah. And when you get, <laughs> yeah, when you get that stress, you get long-term stress. So just having kids doesn't mm -hmm. matter if your kids have anxiety or have anything, if they're just your typical kids, <laughs> it's still stressful. And different parenting styles, all of these things. And you get all of those extra stressors and it does start hitting those hormones. It starts hitting your gut. It starts hitting your nervous system and it starts affecting all of these things. So with you, if you can describe both, can you describe for us the symptoms you experienced when the burnout really hit where we would say, okay, I know that this is burnout and what symptoms were you experiencing before that, that now that you know these signs, you're like, oh, my body was giving me signs. Right. Um, so trying to think when I was at like the, at the peak of it, right? Um, that's a good question. So I've always had, so prior to this, you know, I, I, I have my own anxiety and depression that's controlled. Um, I am a chronic migraine sufferer. And I think that's always my first telltale, right? Oh, I'm getting migraines every day. Something's mm -hmm. going on that I'm mm -hmm. ignoring, right? Like for me, that's my first, that's my body's first response is I'm going to give you a migraine. <laughs> um, but I think when it was at its worst for me when I was completely burnt out um I kind of went past all of the gonna be anxious gonna be I was just flat I was just like so she's running into traffic like okay like I know I was just like I you know you reach that point where you're just like I can't I don't know <laughs> just like I'm just here I'm just trying to keep everybody alive like bare minimum um like she's not brushing your teeth. I was like, oh, well, like I, like my battles, that bar that you set at parenting of what your issues are, like, what are you gonna, what battles am I going to fight? Right. What's worth the fight? My bar became so low that I was like, it, it's almost non-existent. I'm like, nice. you don't want to get out. Of, don't get out of bed. Okay. You don't want to take a shower. Cool. You don't want to brush teeth. I don't care. You're not going to do schoolwork. Okay. 
Like I was just like, just as long as you are safe. That was it. That was the bare minimum, right? We're not hurting ourselves. We're not uh, threatening to hurt ourselves. We're not, that's it. That was my, my bottom line. And I expected, my expectations got so low. Um, and of course that doesn't put me in a good place, right? So then you've got your normal mom guilt that you're like, God, I'm not even having my kid brush her teeth. Like it just spirals. And then of course, all of my energy is poured into this one kid. And I've got these two other kids that I'm just like, one of them's younger. So she's just dragged to every therapy appointment. Um, and my son's in high school at the time and I'm just completely ignoring him and his education. <laughs> I'm just like, I hope you're doing well because I don't have time. Um, and I think that that was when that was probably when things were at their worst. And when it was, it was not that my anxiety was bad or it was just that I just, I was just doing the bare minimum to get by. Mm -hmm. And it was after I realized like, you know, somebody had asked me, you know, we're all in therapy. We all have our own individual therapists. And I think it was a family therapist. What have you done for yourself? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean <laughs> Like, for myself? Like she can't be left alone for three seconds. What do you mean for myself? You know? Um, yeah. And then there, you know, I have a husband, but he, I'm home. He, he was working. Um, and so there had to be that shift of, of me realizing I'm drowning and being like, listen, I need you to do more so that I can walk away. Cause I was never walking away. I, it, she, like, she wasn't sleeping. I mean, this is, it's not just, and I think other, any parent of children like ours understand you don't, you don't get night times off, right? Like she's in my bed, she's panic attacks in the middle of the night. Like this is not something that stops just because, you know, it's nighttime. Um, and so it was very much like, and my daughter was young. I have a daughter who was eight years younger than her. So she was still getting up at night. Um, so yeah, it was definitely like I, my starting to dig myself out of my, my, hole I had put myself in was just leaving the house I would just get in the car and leave for like 15 minutes to shut my phone off like that was it that was the beginning I was like phones off you can't reach me because even if I did get time away I, my phone would ring constantly with them fighting everybody's fighting somebody's doing it, it there was never any actual break right like didn't matter where I was I could be with another kid at a doctor's point and my phone's ringing because something's happening with her and mm. it's like you're the go-to I gotta call you I'm like no we all handle it. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that was definitely me shutting off my phone and and literally physically leaving the house. And mm -hmm. I only did I started with like ten minutes, right? Like just like I'm just gonna get in the car and drive somewhere and park there for ten minutes. Like I just needed to give yeah. myself time to decompress. And when we were talking earlier as well, you mentioned just even the simple act of having a shower was like that was a step is to make sure that you have a shower yeah yeah which we think so before kids I remember this I used to shower every single day of course <laughs> like coming into the shower and and hey this hey that whatever like it was just I didn't have to lock or shut the door like there was, it was just, I, I so took for granted how easy it was to have a shower Yeah. until I had kids. And especially until I had a kid as well, that, that 
from previous episodes, people do know that um, it does need more help mm. in certain things and, and anxiety. And as my husband says, he's my magnet, right? Yeah. It, he's there beside me. And we have a cat now that's a rescue cat. That same thing. It's like, my <laughs> it's like my husband will be beside me and trying to get him off of me to pet him. And he's like, nope, he's not leaving my chest. Yeah. And it's, and you don't get those breaks. So having that shower, when you are in the middle of the, the muck, depending, even if it's like having, like when the kids are really, really young before any mental health problems come to just having a shower is sometimes yeah. tough, but when we're even having more severe things happening in our house, stopping to have that shower becomes less of that priority. And it's also not as much of a release too, when you're still being called when you're in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you mentioned as well, when we're speaking before about some hormone issues that you were having as well. So it wasn't just your daughter, you were also having hormonal struggles. Yeah. So during this time I had, um, I've always had hormonal issues. Um, And so during this time, I actually ended up getting a hysterectomy. Mm -hmm. you know, I had gone just for a routine appointment and, um, they, I had something called a, I've, I've had so many strange issues in general, but I had a descending fibroid just mean the fibroids like blocking something important. (laughs) So they're like, well, let's just biopsy it just in case. And, you know, the, the biopsy came back bad. And I remember getting that call, um, that they were like, listen, this, it's not good. These are, it's, you've got, you know, we're sending you to an oncologist, your biopsy was bad. And it was the same day that my daughter had been admitted inpatient. And I just remember being, and it was, I want to say like a week before Christmas, like it was just, I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Um, And I just remember how hard that was. And I was like, this is like, what else? Right. You get to just what else um and so yeah I mean I had to have a hysterectomy and then obviously you have hormonal issues after that um for sure and I see for myself I I see a I see functional medicine doctor I brought my children to them um, big fan and I think at this point, I'm probably in a fairly decent place hormonally, but it was, it was a, I mean, those were a rough few years where I was like, I don't know how we're going to get through this, right? Like, how are we going to get to the other end of this? (laughs) Um, Well, your stress system is in charge of 50 different hormone responses. Yeah. And when your stress system is over firing all of the time and you're not able to heal and repair with your, normally it's your natural melatonin kicks in. And then it's kind of this cascade effect of the rest of these, these hormones are supposed to heal and repair. But if you're not able to sleep at night, you're not able to get to the point where any of these hormones can heal and repair and, and do what they need to do. Then it becomes this complete hormonal mess as well. And your body had eventually gotten to the point where it, it had enough. So, you know, I was, um, I guess, and it's, it's ridiculous, but I was like, I'm going to be in the hospital. So I guess you guys can't bother me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That we I was like, I'm still not going to, 
getting to the hospital is where you're like, okay, maybe I'll get like five minutes to myself now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy that you're saying that, but it's so true when life is going by at such a pace and you can't catch your breath. So you worked really hard, advocated for your daughter, have gotten her to a point where she is, um, getting back on her feet. Yes. At what point did you start working to get back on your feet? Um, before she got there for sure. So I would say it was all around the same time. Right. So, um, I had surgery. She was in inpatient. Um, when she came home, uh, all of these things, cause you know, after inpatient, you go to, um, you go back into the hospitalization programs. Like she's just been in and out of so many programs, but so we're back in this program and it was definitely like we're in family therapy. And that was when they were like, you know, you need to do something. And I don't think I had my own therapist at that point. I think that's when I decided, okay, I need to go get my own. And at the time it was very much like, I am going to hours and hours of therapy for her. People are coming into my house for her. We're going to family therapy. My um, my youngest has, they're all in therapy. So I'm like, I'm constantly going to these appointments. I don't want to, it was just another thing to add to my plate, right? Um, and eventually I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to add it to my plate, I guess. And, you know, the first couple of times I was like, God, I'm leaving the house for an hour. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Um, but getting yourself to get, to take that step is not as easy as you would think it is. You know, you're like, I have five minutes to myself. I'm just going to stare at the wall. I'm not going to do self-care. I'm I'm just going to just, I'm just going to sit here and stare. Um, and, you know, taking, making those first few steps to just switch any of that free time to self-care, any of that free time to, to care for yourself. And then slowly making those times larger like no I'm I'm leaving for a full three hours shut my phone off you guys need to deal like just taking those steps it's hard but once you get going and once you realize that there's a benefit to it you know then it becomes it becomes easier then it becomes okay this makes sense of course I can't keep pouring from an empty bucket right like right yeah I want people to understand as well that when you're talking self-care, it's not like I'm going for a massage. I'm no. going, <laughs> right? Like, and that's the thing is I do hear from certain people that it's like, well, I should go and have a massage that's relaxing or do these things. And I'm like, well, there's so much time cost to that as well, which if you can't even give yourself five minutes, but it is, it's finding that five minutes of what can, like, what can you even do in those five, 10 minutes, which has now brought you up to three hours. But it is, I know for me too, it's like, I'm going for a walk around the block. Yeah. A walk. Yeah. That's a big one. And even though my son is like, mommy, where are you going? How long mm-hmm. are you going <laughs> to, what are you going to do while you're there? Why do you have to go? Why can't you stay here? And it's like, and I know that it's just, it's working him up more and more that I have to get out as fast as I can. I have to almost sneak out and he'll sit by the door and wait for me to get back sometimes. But my husband like says that once I do leave, he does calm a little bit himself as well, but until I'm back in the room and it's like, that's a pressure on us too. Yeah. 
when they are relying so much on us and even us getting the break, they're not even able to always let go of that break either. Um, but the more frequent that I do it, like he's, he's pretty cool now. I'm like, I'm going for a walk around the block. He's like, okay, how long will you be? I'm yeah. like, his voice has changed and how he says it. I'm like, I'll be 10 minutes. Okay. See you soon. And that's it. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it was because I kept doing it for 10 minutes that he realized I was coming back. He realized he was okay in those 10 minutes. Um, and, and then I extended it but it doesn't have to be these big leaps either. No. Because sometimes those big leaps stress us out as much as the kids out almost at the start as well. Yeah. Well, and you know, you don't know what you're coming back to either, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was definitely that time when I was just like, you know, had to stop being my husband's crutch. Right. Like, no, you need to, you need to manage. Stop calling me. Yeah. You deal with it like stop involving me when I'm not in the room <laughs> like just, just let me step away um but yeah it definitely started off very small yeah absolutely so you've gotten through that and then you used a lot of your your background with um you already had at this point I believe hypnotherapy background you already had some physio and stuff and uh, I'm not sure when the Reiki came in but you've, you've used your past education now and everything that you've learned to help now prevent, not prevent completely. Cause they're coming to you when they're already in a state of like, holy crap, what just hit me? Like what's going on in my house? What is going on? But you're able to take them from whatever place they're at and start giving them some relief. So yeah. if you were to go back well, not go back. If you were right now talking to a client that yep. came to you, that was like, holy crap, everything that you just said is me. Like, I can't even get that five minutes to go out. I can't do these things. Like, this is just overwhelming to even think of. What would you say to them? What, how would you work with that client? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of it is dependent on the specific the specific client and exactly what they're going through and what their biggest issue is, right? Because for some people, it's, well, my kid, for me, one of the biggest things was school refusal mm -hmm. in the morning. That was so bad. Um, but really, we just figure out what the issues are. I give them strategies first for the day-to-day -day things, right? So your morning, sleeping better, um, learning what your triggers are yourself and how to deal with your own triggers. So when your mm -hmm. child's triggering you, you're recognizing it and able and why, to. Why is that important? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're, <clears throat> say your kid, for me, it was my daughter would get into these, woe is me. Oh my God, I, life is so terrible and nobody knows what it's like and nobody takes care of me and it's so terrible. And that would trigger me because I grew up with a narcissistic parent, right? So for me, I'd be like, and I, I've always known this is a trigger of mine. So I would just be like, listen, I'm walking into the other room because I'm going to get way too mad. So it's important to know what your, your triggers are. And a trigger is something where something happens and your reaction is over the top, right? So say it's you were bullied as a kid and they used to call you stupid and your daughter's like, you're so stupid. And then you're triggered and your reaction's way up here. Um, then they're going to match you up there. So it's important to know what your triggers are and to be able to learn how to work through those separately in a way 
so that when they happen, you're like, this, no, this is me. This is me reacting. This is not what they're doing. This is not the correct response to how they're acting, right? Um, so yeah, I think that's an important one is, is, is learning more about yourself and how to handle your own reactions to those things because we all get triggered. Um, yeah. But when you're in such an emotional, volatile situation all the time, you don't want to be raising your energy and getting more upset. You know, you it's hard, but you need to keep yourself calmer so that they'll kind of calm down. Um, and whether that's walking in the other room, which is, you know, what I used to do, I'd be like, okay, you're just, I'm going to get way too mad. I'm going to walk away. Yeah. And she would follow me and scream and yell, but I just would like stand on the other side of the door and be like, no, this isn't her. I just need to calm myself down. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a big part of what I do and, and working on the mom guilt, you know, um, and especially one of the biggest things that I know with, with people of kids like mine is when you, when you leave your kid at an, at a hospital for the first time, right. Mm -hmm. When they're admitted that, that moment is such a, a trigger for so many people. It's so embedded in our brains, right? Like we left our kid. Yeah. at a hospital while they're screaming and yelling that they don't want to stay. Um, and so that's where the hypnosis comes in, right? Like that's a good, usually a good place to work on that. But we also work around all the other mom guilt. How does and, hypnosis help with that? Like how, for those who don't understand how hypnosis works, how does, like how would some, what, how would hypnosis help with that? Yes. Yeah. So hypnosis is, as far as like, it's essentially just working with your subconscious mind. It's, it's really just guided meditation, so to speak. But um, I also do regression work. So going back to what you remember in that moment mm. and reframing it. So we can reframe it um, so that you can in that moment, because you're in the hypnotic state. So in that moment, you can say the things you wanted to say. You can have the conversations you wish you could have had in that moment, um, that type of stuff and kind of reframe it so that when you are triggered and you think of that moment, it's not the same. We're not changing your memories. It's just altering your perception around it. Right. So I know like when I dropped my daughter off and how horrible of a memory that is for me, for her, she was like, nah, I was being crazy. What else are you going to do? Like that's her reaction. Right. It wasn't a big deal to her. She was as much as in the moment she was so upset and hanging on my leg, like to her, it was like, well, cause it was a medication reaction. I was like, no, I was being crazy. What are we going to do? <laughs> she was like, of course I, I needed to stay there. Um, so it's kind of like bringing those, those realities and changing the perception on, on the subconscious level. So mm -hmm. then it does affect your conscious reaction yeah. to it. Right. Because if we, if we stop and look at that as well, when you would drop off your child and you've left your stress levels are going to be through the roof yeah. and the the imprinting on your memory of all of the thoughts and things of, of shaming and blaming and guilt mm -hmm. on yourself are all processing and those are all sinking in and the more that those sink in too then the more stress you're causing yourself in the future as well, because those pop up way more. And yeah. then you don't feel that you deserve to be okay. You don't deserve that shower. You don't deserve that five minutes. You don't deserve so many things when that shame and blame and guilt 
has the more that it gets imprinted into your mind as well, that we yeah. need to start changing the way that those thoughts are to change that imprinting, to change the way that we're having that stress on our bodies as well. Yeah. So when you're, when you're, when you're thinking about that moment, it's not the same reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I haven't done the hypnotherapy, but I have worked with different, like in, in therapy as well with some of my, I have certain memories of childhood, a couple of different memories and I, yeah, the reactions I had then I can go in like, as I'm thinking of that memory right now, it, it's so different. Like I'm not triggered at all anymore, yeah. bothered by it anymore. Um, I know that I've worked through it and I know where I am now and how I've gotten out the other side of that. And I almost look at the other people in there almost with pity and shame because I know what caused them to react the way that they did or do the things that they did um, and made me feel the way that I felt, but um, they haven't worked on any of that. So it's really, it's changes the way I look at that whole scenario. And we used to do that um, with first responders as well. That's where those traumas hit with them too. And being able to go into those traumas and change the way that they are affecting you. They're not going to um, be ruminating, ruminating, renumerating. What's the word? Ruminating. 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 There you go. <laughs> ruminating. They're not ruminating in your mind anymore. Yeah. So as we're going things with our kids, as we're going things with so many of the things that happen in life, um, right. in business, I mean, you have your own business as well. There's things that happen in business when we're hiring, when we're firing, when we're working on projects, when things don't work out, those also create these patterns in our brain and our mind as well. That add to those feelings, add to those thoughts, add to those stressors as well, that, that dealing with all of those things, all of those aspects of our lives takes that more of that stress off our bodies, takes those languages that we've been using off of our bodies. And, and then our hormones can do what they're supposed to be doing. Our gut can do what it's supposed to be doing. Our nervous can do what it's supposed to be doing in order for our body to be able to support us as much through the stressors that are occurring in our daily life. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, So with everything we've covered today, I mean, this has been, I believe so helpful because there's so many people that we don't, I know for myself, I don't, I've only started openly talking about because of this podcast, I actually did an episode that openly spoke about my son and, and, and how Mm -hmm. our life so different and yeah. like oh my gosh okay I haven't really fully dealt with this one so I might actually cry but we didn't go to my brother's wedding last weekend and it was I was really struggling with it after and my husband just looked at me and he said our life is different than other people's lives yeah. he's like not everybody's going to understand what's happening in our house not everybody's going to understand all the things that we need to do in order to make my son be in an environment that's okay and safe for him. And not everybody's going to understand that. Like the, the wedding was 
at my parents' cottage, which is almost on an island. And, and there was so many people that were going to be there. So there was going to be different fragrances and scents and smells would set him off. Okay. There wasn't really going to be a safe, quiet place for him to go to and reset his nervous system if he needed. There's going to be all kinds of food, all kinds. There was just going to be so many different triggers and there was nowhere for us to go. And I'm like, I can't. And my husband was working. I would have been on my own with both my kids there. And I'm like, I can't, like, yeah. I cannot go to my brother's wedding. And, and it really hit me, but that's the thing is we have to make certain choices in our lives when our kids are struggling. We don't talk about a lot of stuff that's happening in our houses with our no. kids because, well, first off, I mean, my neighbors don't even get it. Like, no, people don't get it, but you can't get it unless you live it. And, yeah. and so it's, it is hard to explain to people too, because a lot of my son's issues too, are that his brain processes so fast, which means he's friggin' smart in so many things, but it also means like his environment needs to be so yeah. um, things that, that they just kind of latch onto the smart part. And I'm like, no, there's a lot that goes on with it. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's fascinating. So we just stop telling people about it. And then we live in this just in our own house. Yeah. And um, that's another, another thing that um, is, I think a big, a big struggle and I know for me, I didn't talk about my daughter's issues for years. Yeah. And it was because of, I felt like I was invading her privacy by talking about it, right? Like I was like, I can't, it's my story, but it's more hers. And so I can't be talking about these things, right? Um, and it wasn't until she's, you know, when I, when I started doing this, I sat her down and I was like, listen, are you okay with me going and telling everybody? And she's like, yeah, it's okay now but I don't think it would have been then. Right. Yeah. And even if you tell them, they don't understand. No. Oh, so you're too easy on her. Oh, you're too hot on her. Oh, just bring her. She'll get over it. No, it's no, no. she won't. <laughs> and that's where too, in my podcast episode, I said the other day is like when my son's nervous system is firing so much and he's standing there yelling at me out in public, I usually go down to his level. So where I'm at eye level with him and he has to yell, he has to yell, he has to get it out. He has to do that right then and there. And once he's done and that cortisol has released in him, he's there. He's pretty much running into my arms then. Yeah. And, and then we're trying to figure out, okay, what just triggered you? And people don't, they just see that I let him sit there and yell at me. Right. And right. it's not how I would have parented before I had him either. I would have been like, Whoa, you don't speak to me this way. Right. But We've had to figure out when is he in that such heightened stress state that he just cannot yeah. and needs my support right beside him to be able to calm him down enough. And it is, and it, it, it you do get judged a lot. So for anybody who is listening to this as well, like it's, it's something where you're not alone. If your kid, if you, if there are different things struggling, I mean, you've heard my story, which is my son and his nervous system and stuff for you, it was going to suicidal ideations. Yeah, yeah. And she would, um, yeah. I mean, there were moments when she would be bolting out of the car and all sorts of things. Um, yeah. And it, it is a lot like, Oh, you're just, you're too easy on her. I'm like, I'm not too easy on her. Right. Yeah. Like I'm not She's sitting outside crying in the rain, I'm not right. being too easy on her. I'm just letting her do it. I'm not going to make her come in in the thunderstorm. She can sit out there. Like <laughs> that's what she needs to do right now. <laughs> like right. I'm just, yeah. Yeah. yeah or not have not making her go to school and she's mm -hmm. so smart. She should be in school. I'm like she can't. Right. She can't yeah. My, my son too. I pulled him. Well, he's fully out this year. Last year he was pulled out two days a week and he still didn't make it always the other three days 
he either couldn't make it to school or I'd even get calls from the teacher going, oop, he's exploded or he's about to explode. You need to come get him before he explodes. Yeah. I'd be like, okay, right? Like I'd drop everything, rush to the school yeah. and, and get him before he exploded. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it, what are you going to do? Right. And then, you know, I know when, with my daughter, there were times when, when this first, when she was first diagnosed with OCD, they're like, well, you've got to make her go to school because OCD is all about exposure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is completely counterintuitive to everything that you want to do as, as a parent. Yeah. And yeah, she just, she couldn't do it. No. She would go. And then at the end of the day, the, she was just so out of control when she got home because she would just sit there and hold it in and then just explode and turn into a different person. Yeah. Um, she wasn't learning anything. Mm-hmm. her anxiety was so high the whole time she wasn't gaining anything from being there it was just and that was if I could even get her in the door right yeah yeah and and my son as well like the I could not have a noise in the house when he was once he was out of school and we were told to by our therapist that did our psychoid valve. she's like you need to keep him in school because it's going to get worse and I'm like but it was interesting because I did take him out those two days and there was a difference in those two days in him, but I still couldn't make a noise. I couldn't make a sound in the house because it was just too much for, yeah. it was too much stimulation. And now, I don't know, this is another kid. He's like loud banging on things. And we're like, yeah. you never used to be able to handle any of these noises before. And now he's making them himself, but that's been one year out of school. And as yeah. you said, too. Like if I look back at, we actually started going through all the stuff that he has done kind of school-wise this year. And, and I'm like, okay, we actually have done quite a bit, but her main focus has been therapy, making sure he's okay, making sure he's understanding his nervous system, making sure that he's like, can regulate himself and, and days that he can't, we're teaching him, okay, this is your self-care stuff that you do. Okay. We're going for walks. Okay. We're doing our breathing. If you're not going to do work, like, and, and it was, it was what makes you happy? We have spent this year trying to figure out, and we're still not there. What is his passion? What makes him happy? And that's being out of school for a year. I can see it starting to come, yep. but he's not there yet. And had we kept him in school, yep. we'd probably be in your situation. Yeah, I, traditional school is not for everyone. That's just not. It was, yeah. So uh, I know we could go on for hours. So, um, yeah, no, I just want any parent listening to this to know that, um, just to know that if you do have a child that, and people are giving you advice that may not sit well with you about what your child needs or your child is different. Um, just trust you, trust your instincts as a parent, advocate, fight for hack of them. Most people aren't going to get it. Make sure you take care of yourself. Rain and I are both here. Um, If you need to speak to either of us, reach out, which Rain will in a minute give you all of her ways to contact her as well as in our show notes will be there. So before we go, Rain, can you please, if there's anything you feel we've missed or if there's one piece of advice that you do want to give to parents that are going through this right now, what would it be? Um, I'm going to say one of the things is just as hard as it is, is to, to just ask people for help. Right. Um, you know, it's a lot of, no, nobody, nobody could possibly sit with my child for five minutes because they don't understand. And it's like, but there's people who 
not everybody, but you're going to have the people in your life who are going to be like, you know what? Yeah. Explain to me what to do. I will help. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's important to, especially if you're, if you're single or if you have, you know, most people have to keep working. They don't have the luxury of, of working from home. Like I did. Um, you know, you need, you need, yeah, you need people in your corner. You do. Even yeah. if it's just while you shower, like when you had a newborn, right? Like you need somebody to come hold the baby. You're like, I still need someone to come hold the baby. They're 15. Please come over and hold the baby while I take a shower. Yeah. You'll, you'll find somebody. You might have to ask a few, but you'll find somebody who will be willing to help you out. Yeah. No, that's great. So where can people find you? We do have everything in the show notes and you also have a freebie in the show notes. I do. I do. So can you tell us about that and tell us where we can find you? Sure. The freebie is, um, it's a guide. It's a written guide. It's five techniques to stay calm when your child refuses school. It's a big one. And it, you know, I also have a, it's a five minute morning meditation. Didn't make it too long. So that way um, you can maybe find the five minutes. say no time is a big thing so that's the freebie and as far as finding me so it's hypnotherapy and with rainy r-a-y-n-e you can find me on my website facebook Um, i do have a facebook group for moms of kids with mental health issues so it's stronger together is the name of it you can find me there Um, and all of my social media is linked in my website but pretty much nobody else has my, my name. So you can find me. <laughs> and I do have it in the show notes as yeah. well. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Really, really appreciate it. And my pleasure. So everybody, thank you so much for listening today. Um, if you would like to reach out to Rain or I, or Rainy or I, just please go to the show notes and um, grab either of our links. My link as well is burnoutexpert.ca where you can find all of my um, podcast episodes, ways to contact me, get on my email list. And I have a freebie as well that is coming in the next week or two. It should be out before this one airs. So you should go there. Any of my work with first responders is 911lifestyle.com. And uh, if you would like to work with me as well, there is a link to book a 15 minute call with me just to see if we would be a good fit for, for one another. And then we can move to the next steps. Thank you, everybody. And don't forget to like and follow this episode so that everybody else can. Um, it, it's shown to more and more people. I really, really appreciate that. And we'll see you in the next episode.